This podcast is brought to you by AD Banker and Company, an approved CE education provider for nearly every insurance and financial advisory firm in the U.S. When your next CE deadline rolls around, click on adbanker.com. If you don't see our name on your preferred provider list, call your home office and ask them to add us, adbanker.com. Harlan Parker began as a scratch insurance agent in Olathe, Kansas, with State Farm Insurance in March of 1979. He is a veteran of the United States Army. His service included two tours in Vietnam, and after leaving the service, Harlan attended and graduated from Kansas State University. Harlan is a lifetime member of the President's Club, including being trophy recipient. He's a 36-year life traveler, a member of the Chairman's Circle, and is a recipient of the National Sales Achievement National Multi-Line Sales, and National Quality Award as presented by the National Life Underwriters Association. Harlan has a staff of 10 full-time and six part-time associates. The agency services in excess of 17,000 policies, representing more than 4,700 households. Harlan is active in his community and his church, and he's been a consistent sponsor of countless youth activities throughout the community over many years. Please join us in our conversation with Harlan Parker. I'm in the office today uh, with Harlan Parker uh, of State Farm uh, here in Olathe, Kansas. Thanks for having me come by. Sure, Dennis. Good to have you. Say, you've been at this location for how many years? I've been in Olathe for 37, uh, but this office here for about 12, 13 years. Okay, but always up and down uh, pretty much in this neighborhood. Yeah, always on the east side of uh, of Olathe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, tell me about uh, your agency now. Uh, how many people do you have working here, and uh, and what do they all do? Uh, well, we have um, 14 people. Um, of that, 12 are full-time. We're specialized. I have two people who do nothing but claims. I have one person who does who runs my business who I call my business manager but also does all my commercial work and then I have three four salespeople they they do the selling and then I have three service people and I have one person who does nothing but life and health insurance and then I have a receptionist and uh, you have how many policy holders? Is that is that state secret, or do you, do you uh, that information we have available? a we have a fair number? I think we're somewhere north of five thousand households, yeah, and somewhere north of uh, nineteen thousand policies. And when you say five thousand yeah. households, does that mean uh, that you you may have multiple policies in that? I presume yeah. that the emphasis yeah. is to have our homeowners in their cars. Our our average um, policies per household is is almost four. Okay. Per household, yeah. Is that a above bullshit. average or right on average? Or uh, that's a little bit above average of what you, what I think of what you'd see in a state farm agency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when you you size up, uh, I know you've been at it for how many years now? Since what? Nineteen seventy nine. Seventy nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's uh, I don't a quick math. That's pushing forty years. Uh, a couple more years. Okay. It'll be thirty eight in March. So okay. Yeah. Uh, in that, uh, when you look back at the last few years, what do you feel like you really do well? here at your agency? Uh, uh, I, I, I stay connected with my, with my team. Uh, my team knows that they can count on me to be here, that even though I've been in a business 37 years, I'll be 70 next June. 
Uh, I still am active in the business. I'm here every day um, supporting my team members, making the tough call. Uh, and I, I don't expect my team members to, to make a tough call. I'll make the tough call. And I don't know that that's the case in, in all agencies. So um, I'm, I'm accountable. So I, I would say that's what I really do well is I'm accountable to my team and I'm accountable to my customers. Yeah. Now, over the years, I'm sure you encountered quite a number of different scenarios and problems and challenges. You know, what's the one thing that just kind of persists out there and just continues happening you, and you've never been able to lick it yet? Oh, you know, State Farm is a wonderful company and has a wonderful claims organization. But whenever there's a claim, there's always there's always issues. There's always discussion. There's always conversation around how my how's my claim going to be handled? Who's going to do this and who's going to do that? And so that's something that's been consistent throughout 37 years of career is just dealing with claims. Yeah. Now, when they, you have a situation, do they usually call in or do they show up on your doorstep or do they call oh, an 800 oh, number? <laughs> a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, with everything going digital and iPhones and uh, iPads, a lot of people will just report their claim directly to State Farm. But then we always come around on the backside. We want to check check in with them, ask a few questions, see how everything's going. And a lot of times when we do that, we under, uncover where there was a miscommunication, where the customer doesn't really understand what the process is and how the process should work. Um, so, so most most generally now, most claims are either called in or uh, just done over the internet. Yeah. You know, I noticed in your uh, bio that you've been really involved in the community with the Chamber of Commerce, uh, with the Rotary Club, also with your school board. Uh, what elected four different times for four year terms on the school board? Yeah. Yeah. Are you still involved in the school board or have you hung nope. up your, you retired? I retired after 16 years. I retired in that. It's uh, how important is it to be involved? Is that more of a personal thing or does that really complement what you're doing professionally? Both is a personal thing. Plus it complements um, what, what we do professionally. When I left the army in uh, 70, in 77, I made up my mind that I wanted to settle down in a community someplace. I wanted to become part of the community. I wanted to become active in the community. And um, when we came to Olathe in 79, I, I thought I was going to be here a couple of years and really wanted to go back to Nebraska, where I'm from originally. And here I am 37 years later, still on Olathe. Just never, timing never worked out right. Um, and I'd never really, really wanted to leave Olathe once I got here. So, and we've been active in the community because I believe being a good corporate citizen that, you know, you give back to the community that supports your business. So that's always been one of my, my main reasons. And now, um, I think philanthropy is a, is a great calling. And so we like to support a lot of different organizations in the community. Yeah. Now, when you were growing up, did you think one day you'd become an insurance agent? Was not, that, uh, how did you get in the business? Not in a million years. I I uh, really wanted to be a veterinarian when I when I was going through high school, and that's what I went to college for to start with. And um, I figured out pretty quickly that I wasn't good enough in math and science to do that. And so that's why I was spent nine years in the army trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And when I was getting ready to get out of the army in '77, I was look, I knew I wanted my own business. I, I wanted my own business. What I really wanted was a McDonald's, but I didn't have any capital 
to do that. So um, I stumbled across the State Farm Opportunity Agency Opportunity because of some friends in Manhattan that were associated with State Farm, and I started looking at it pretty pretty seriously. And here I am, thirty seven years later, and it's proved to be everything that I thought it would be. I, I wanted my own business. I I wanted to be able to build something and be part of a community, and that's exactly what State Farm has allowed me to do. Well, you know, it's uh, obviously things have changed with technology and with communities and growing communities. But if you could look for some kind of common thread, uh, what what has been constant there, say, compared to your first three years? Uh, it was true in your first three years, and it's just now the same is true today in the last three years. Uh, in this business, this is a marketing business. I mean, it, it's a selling business, and you know, in this day and age now with, with the internet and people can check rates from three different companies in, in about five seconds or if, the, if that long. And it's a highly competitive business. It's more competitive now than it's ever been at any point in time in my career. And so you have to become digitally competent. You have to use the internet. You have to use technology. Uh, you have to leverage that to build your business. Now, it used to be when I first started in 79, I went down the courthouse, got X days, put them on a little card and went and knocked doors. You know, you can't knock doors anymore because do not call, do not solicit. Uh, so it, it, it's a whole different way of doing business, but it's still selling policies. That's what it comes down to. Um, and that's the, been the constant. I mean, it's always about selling. How do you deal with surprises? You know, most businesses are going to de- encounter some surprises, uh, sometimes daily, sometimes weekly, depending upon what kind of business they're in. Uh, have you? How do you deal with those personally and professionally, or, or have you got it all figured out and don't have any surprises anymore? No, I haven't got it figured out because there are surprises every day uh, in this business. I mean, there's always something that didn't get done correctly, either at the company level or either at our level or either at the customer's level. And so we're all about solving problems. I mean, that's what we do. And so when you get a problem, it's a surprise. It's not a surprise that you got a problem because you know, when you get, when I come in the office every morning, I know that something is going to go wrong somewhere, somehow. And that's why I'm here to help fix the surprise. I was noticing on your bio that you came from Nebraska. What part of Nebraska are you from? A little bitty town in northeast Nebraska called Butte, Nebraska. How many were you? Were you a town kid or were you out in the country? I was a town kid, but really we were in the country. So all the jobs and all the work that I ever did was always in the country. I always worked on farms for farmers. Uh, those were the only the only only opportunity I had for a, a summer job or a weekend job was to work for a farmer. Tell, tell our listeners a little bit about maybe a favorite childhood memory you have uh, growing up uh, out there in the country. Probably Christmas was always a, my favorite time. Um, I was the oldest of 10 kids, uh, so my mom and dad didn't have very much, but they always gave us a, a nice Christmas, and we always knew there was a nice treat and a good meal, and so Christmas was always a special time. Now, when you were uh, working your way through school, uh, what were you really good at? Were you an athlete or were you uh, nope. I was just, you the valedictorian nope. of uh, Butte? I was just good at working hard. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, tell me about your first job uh, when you, you, you got out of high school and uh, where'd you head and what was your first uh, job that you earned a paycheck? 
Oh, I was always, I was always in, involved in agriculture someplace working for farmers. Um, so that's my first job. My first real job was the army when I, when I entered the army. I mean, that was my first real full-time job. So, and before go, that, I'd always work for farmers. Now, did you go voluntarily or did you get drafted? I got drafted. For, first of all, I got my draft notice and then I went and enlisted in 1968. So. And uh, when you got into the Army, uh, what, what particular job did you have? Did they give you a rifle and send you over the hill or well, did you have a support role? They would have liked to give me a rifle to send me over, hill, over the hill. But I, I when I enlisted, I had four choices between infantry, artillery, armor, and um, engineers in 1968. You went straight to Vietnam after basic and AIT, so I signed up for the engineers. And and there's two engineers, combat engineers, which supports an infantry battalion, and construction engineers, which is basically um, running big machines and building roads and bridges and compounds. And so I, I just, by the sheer luck of the draw, ended up in construction engineers instead of combat engineers, so... Now, you had two stints uh, in Vietnam, didn't you? Uh, Most guys get one, and then they kind of figure a way not to go back. But uh, what happened there? Oh, you know, at the time, um, I had a really good friend, uh, and he and I decided that if you extended uh, in in Vietnam, you got a a free 30-day leave anywhere in the world. And when you then after your second extension, if you came back and you had less than six months time in service, you got an early out. So that was really our goal. Our goal was to extend uh, a second time. And when we came when we came back, we would have been short and been able to to get out of the army early. Um, Unfortunately, I got burned really bad in August of uh, forget the year. And I got medevac back to the States and. So he came home early, and then he went back, and unfortunately, he he got killed in Vietnam with about a month left. So um, then I ended up at Fort Bliss, Texas, and didn't want to do it myself, so I re-enlisted for six years. You know, growing up uh, back in Nebraska with your mom and dad and all the brothers and sisters you have, what's some... Uh, Maybe uh, just some insight about your upbringing and, uh, and, and maybe advice that your mom or dad and uh, how they live their life or advice they yeah. gave to you that you think still is true today. They were both hard workers. I mean, they both they both worked hard to support a family of 10 kids, uh, always worked. And as kid, the, the kids, we, always, we started working. I started mowing lawns and carrying newspapers when I was probably seven or eight years old and then I always had a job. I since since I was seven, always had a job, and that's why I can't retire today because all I know is work. <laughs> you know, as far as uh, from a from a business standpoint, uh, are there certain guidelines or rules that you follow personally that you believe are important uh, for your people to follow as well when the, when it comes to yeah. interacting with customers? You know. It, uh, this business is, is it's a challenging business. I mean, it is. Um, there's there are always obstacles, and there's always rules, and there's always compliance, and there's always laws, and there's always regulations. So I always say I have a saying: find a way to make a way within the parameters of the of the law of underwriting guidelines. Sometimes you can't make a way, but when you can't make a way, you just have to find another path. You have to. Just because you can't do one thing, you are always searching for that op- that opportunity that you can that you can 
refine for your business. And uh, so over the years, State Farm has changed immensely. Um, we don't do some of the th- things that same things that we used to do. We do some things now that we didn't used to do. So you just have to adapt, uh, adapt, 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 and uh, improvise, but staying within compliance and within regulations. Uh, so you can't go, you can't go renegade on things or else you won't be in business very long. Yeah. You know, now I know you've got a son that's in the insurance business. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, so I, I think I know what your feeling is on, on, uh, having a family come into the business, but what if, uh, someday, and I haven't asked the age of your grandkids, but what happens one day if Riley or Vivian come to you and say, granddad, I'm thinking about getting in the insurance business. Uh, what would be your advice to them? <laughs> Uh, I would tell them that they would just have to be prepared to work really hard. I mean, they would have to be prepared to to meet challenges, to meet obstacles, to overcome obstacles, to um, uh, find the internal stamina to deal with issues every day, the surprises, the problems that come up every day. Um, And I think that's where I have been strongest in the business is being able to adapt, but also being able to not allowing the business to tear me down to the point where I don't want to come in the office. Harlan Parker, uh, State Farm, Olathe, Kansas. Thank you for being on our program today. Uh, My pleasure. Thanks, Dennis. Oh, hi. You're still here. Say, if you are interested in reaching thousands of licensed insurance producers across the country, why not consider sponsoring a guest podcast? If you had sponsored this episode, we would be telling thousands of listeners daily about you and your company. Find our contact information to request prices and availability at insuranceradio.com.